you're not coming with me like it just crushed me yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that, like, that was dude I had, a, I had a man here Welcome to the What's Up Ready Podcast, where we fashion ourselves television judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-host, Alec Burgess. Let's get it. Yeah, we appreciate you tuning in, watching live, listening after the fact, whatever it is you're doing. We appreciate it. Go ahead and hit that like, subscribe, follow, bell notification, all those buttons. Tell a friend about us. Tell two uh, friends about us. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Even better. Two is even better. Um. Maybe even send a letter to a friend about it. Send a letter. I like that. Mm-hmm. Through the snail mm-hmm. mail. Snail mail. Go listen to these assholes. That would be awesome. Um, but whatever you do, we appreciate you no matter what. And, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to going through this episode. Uh, we are doing two shows today. So with uh, Thanksgiving, we it was all sorts of craziness going on. So we didn't get a chance to do Andor Live on Thursday. So we're doing Andor Live today. And then we will bleed over into talk about the peripheral. So um, let's jump right into Andor uh, season one, episode 12, the finale. Um, a lot of it was kind of anticlimactic to me. It feels feel like, like they ended it where they should have started episode three. If I'm yeah. honest. Yeah. It was a lot of buildup throughout the season. Like, and I look at it and look, I, I want to start off because we <laughs> we got a review recently. I, I don't know if I told you this out. Oh, but, no. Uh, yeah. And you know me. I, you know, I always I'm very accepting of all reviews. I appreciate that stuff. I like feedback. All that stuff's good. Um, I want to pull it up for you so I can read it. The actual um, review. Um, but it was uh, so I like to read those. So we'll, we'll give him his or this person there, you know, 15 minutes of not fame because we're not famous, but we are um, totally famous in certain circles. JJ, I'd like to point that out. That's fair. That is fair. Um, I don't know if there are circles we should be proud of, but, <laughs> <laughs> but they are there, but no. So we, we got another review um, from Eric Dean. So thanks Eric for the review. It's two star review. He says, uh, too harsh, lighten up. He says, love the podcast, been a long-time listener, but you guys need to lighten up and enjoy things for what they are. For example, She-Hulk wasn't great, but it had its moments. Your episode reviews were just as repetitive as the fourth wall breaks in the show. So <laughs> very clever review. Um, I love that. Yeah, no, I like I said, I appreciate it, and I appreciate the feedback. However, you probably should have picked something a little different than she-Hulk to critique us on because that show was shit. Now we have talked about it, and that is a show that in season two we will not be doing because there wasn't anything to talk about. And that was the hardest part is we realized three episodes in we hated this show. There was nothing good to talk about, but we thought there were going to be six episodes, not nine. Nine. Oh my and so yeah, so we committed, we stuck with it. And I say that to say that this is nowhere on the same level as She-Hulk, at least for me. Uh, She-Hulk was steaming hot garbage with a pile of shit on top. This is good when it's good. It's In fact, it's great when it's great. There are moments in this. There are episodes of this 12-episode series, 12 episode series that are fantastic television, intriguing, fun to watch. 
thoroughly enjoyed it. But there are other episodes that I was like, eh, it's okay. There wasn't an episode that I went, this sucks. But this episode was so anticlimactic. It was like a setup episode at the end of a setup season. And when, so like my favorite episode was the jailbreak and the actual heist. So those two episodes were fabulous. This one, the moment, like the actual like rising up moment where they're fighting the the Imperial soldiers and, and everything in the middle of Ferrix, that was awesome, especially because of how violent. And I mean, it was actually like people getting shot, people dying. This was not uh, an everybody makes it out moment, right? Like this is a rough thing to watch. Which I liked, and I'm I appreciate the realism of that, and it didn't go with this whole the heroes always win shit. It stuck with what we've seen in Andor's movie, things like that. However, it was very anticlimactic to me um, because I've been watching this setup. I've been waiting. We've had two episodes that really got into the action and got me excited, and this one, other than a five to seven minute window, and really it was. It was more Marva Marva speech than it was the actual fighting that I was like worked up and fired up and like yeah get them. So it was, it, it to me it just wasn't as good as it could have been. I think and I, I I agree with you. I think they needed to, this should have been an eight episode show, um, and they they should have condensed a lot of it. Again, I, I liked it as a whole overall, but it I didn't love it. It wasn't the best thing we've watched. Oh, without a doubt. I think this show suffered from being mismarketed. Mm. Um, and I will always be tough on Disney because guys got so many resources over in that company. They need to be putting out phenomenal content consistently. Sure. Um, they're not a two-bit studio. But and I th- I've said this before. First six episodes, that's Andor season one. You end it with the heist. Mm-hmm. Um, that's perfect. Put a nice little bow on it. One of the best seasons together. Um, and in those first six episodes, you take out everything that doesn't have to do with Andor. All the Mon Mothma stuff, everything like that that we uh, took break from or shared the screen with. The next six episodes should have been the Birth of the Rebellion show season one. Mm-hmm. Because we had very little Andor in his own show. Um, <laughs> it was a lot of Mon Mothma. It was a lot of uh, Luthen. It was a lot of Vel and all these other characters who contribute to the rebellion as a whole, featuring Cassie and Andor. Yeah. Um, in prison, you could have left the prison scenes, and it yeah. would be a nice Easter egg tossed in there into this kind of birth of the rebellion. It's a character that we know, and there was enough of Andor that if he comes on the screen, it makes sense. But this is supposed to be his show, mm. and he wasn't in the second half of it like at all yeah um so i think they suffered from that point should have made this its entire different show um that's featuring cassie and andor and ran with that versus what they did was just made a really long kind of season that didn't star your star for the second half of the episodes yeah it's true i think that's what i would have done if i was in charge and you can introduce these characters in the first six episodes that we know who they are. And there's some overlap, you know, I would have leaned more into Marva as being the bridge between the two shows um, because her entire story arc was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And the most gut wrenching moment of this episode in the season and all was little, uh, little droid 
Yeah. Where he's like, Marva's gone. Like, I want Marva here with me. I don't want to yeah. leave. This is my home. Like, that was gut wrenching. Yep. Well, and even at the end, when like when Cassie when Andor leaves him on the ship to take care of uh, the group that he sends on their way, like he's like, "You're not coming with me." Like it just crushed me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, like, that was dude, brutal. I had a, I had a man tear going no down shit, my face. No shit. It was it was distressing. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff that made this show really, really, really great. Like we mm-hmm. like you had talked about. But it didn't need to have this overarching Andor theme when you don't have Andor in it. And yeah. so that kind of drug on me for the last six episodes to where I was like, okay, why is this still his show? This needs to be a different show um, that he can make appearances in. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you the other thing that bothered me, and there was a couple things, but it really, really frustrated me. It, actually, this is an interesting comparison because there's there's one thing that really shocked me and I really liked compared to the rest of the season. And then there was one thing that really bothered me compared to the rest of the season. I'll start with uh, what's her name? Why can I never remember the freaking ISB agent's name? Mira. Mira. So all through this season, I am loving Mira. She's a badass. She's conniving. She's smart. She's intelligent. She doesn't give a shit. And then in the end of this episode, the uprising happens, and she turns into a little freaking chicken shit. Why she turns you... into an imperial agent. That's what she yeah. turns into. Why did you take this character that was, like, brutal and and make her weak? Have her walking through. And I'm fine if she's leaving, Right. Like, I don't need her to be in the heart of this rebellion shooting a gun, but have her walking away shooting a gun, right? Like, people are coming up to her and she gets tackled, but bullshit. This woman should have been shooting mother truckers as they come up on her, and she just keeps walking through them, not even phased. Like, to me, that fits this character mold. And all they did was make her weak so that this weirdo freaking dude and his obsessive mommy complex bullshit can save her so that she owes him later on. I was like, lazy ass writing. Like I liked the dynamic of this creepy son of a bitch creeping on her. Don't make them friends. Like that takes away this creepy writing dynamic that you've created. And then on top of it, you had to make her weak for it to work. And I hate that for that character because she's been a badass the entire show my favorite character up until that moment when she's running away gets tackled and is like having a panic attack i'm like you have to have at least two or three guns on you i mean come on you're an isb imperial agent and it's not even like i mean anyway i was so irritated by that and then on the flip side of that you have this character that has driven me nuts the entire season 11 episodes of every time Mon Mothma comes on the freaking screen, I'm like, son of a bitch, because I don't like her. I don't I don't enjoy her storyline. It didn't add any value to me. But in this episode, this cold-blooded bitch throws her husband and her daughter so far under the bus, they'll never get out. She freaking gives her daughter away to this piece of shit banker dude, like gangsters money for her son. She sets her husband up with gambling debts as a way to freaking get him out of the way 
and cover her tracks for this 400,000 credits that she's shit the bed on. That's some cold blooded, hardcore shit. And I loved every minute of it. When she got in the car and started having that conversation with him, I was like, Oh shit. Now this is Mon Mothma. This is a character I can get behind because she's accepted the fact that Luthen's right. She may not agree with everything, but she has to do some nasty shit for this to work. And she just freaking severed her family. Like, wow. that. So it was really God. weird, this whole flip-flop of characters that I love versus characters that I've hated. And now in this last episode, they flipped. And I was like, in that moment, I'm like, I love this Mon Mothma. And I'm fine that she's having a hard time with herself about it. Because obviously, but at the same time, Mira just disappointed the shit out of me because I was like, oh, she just went completely weak and needed saving. And that has not been who she's been this whole. And she's not a she's not a frightening villain for me anymore. Like, she's not someone that I, if I'm Cassie and if I'm Andor, I'm like, eh, I'm not worried. Whatever. Yeah. She's a pussy. I'm not worried. <laughs> Hate that shit. Oh, it was. Yeah, it was kind of it was just weird because, yeah. like you said, did not fit the character that we know her to be. Um, and it just felt forced because she's been this Billy badass mm-hmm. for the entire rest of the season where it's her idea to, you know, uh, find Krieger's guy or whatever it was. It was her idea and her knowledge that tracked down that there's actually a, you know, formed rebel cell that's working across different quadrants. Um, she's proven time and again that she is the smartest person in the room whenever someone's in the room with her <laughs> and then. I don't know. I guess there's a reason why she's in the offices and not in the field, but her field work is severely lacking, apparently, to where, I mean, she can't set a trap. She has no idea what she's doing when it comes to controlling a bunch of hot-headed, you know, barracks residents, and it shows, and it's kind of just weird and stupid. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was disappointing. Well, especially because she started off as a badass. Like she's yelling at the commander in the middle of that meeting, going, You didn't leave anybody alive. What the hell were you thinking? And then like she's like, Screw that, I'm going. Like, I'm going. You know, and I was like, badass. And then I was like, What the who the f- is this? Like, what is what is are you yeah. crying? Like <laughs> <laughs> there's no crying and rebellions. Yeah, like, what are you doing? I was so mad. Yeah, it was weird. It, it just was. didn't fit. Didn't fit. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that w- felt a little weird, even though it kind of did fit, was Luthen's kind of grasp on everything starting mm-hmm. to unravel. Yeah. Um, to the point where Saw Guerrero, we see exactly why he's a paranoid, like, just crazy dude in Rogue mm-hmm. One. Because he all of a sudden has a change of heart. It's like, I'm going to help out Krieger. And now Luthen's stuck because he sold out Krieger and he's already decided he's not going to bother to mm-hmm. save him, that the mole is more important. And now Saw is questioning everybody that he's yeah. ever talked to with, you know, probably a little bit of good reason. He takes it to the extreme. But in this kind of fight, like where you don't have any friends, it's rough. Yeah. Um, so we kind of see his plan starting to fray and he's starting to lose a little bit of that control that he's had the entire season where he knows everything and everybody and he puts them in places and it all starts to unravel. It's a little weird for me, but it was 
it's not like it was so out of place um, that I had a problem with it, but a little weird. Yeah. And I think what they were trying to do, because like my interpretation is we see Luthen sitting there with Andor at the end in the ship and like Andor's telling him, you got to kill me because I'm a danger to everybody. Blah, blah. They're going to keep hunting me, whatever it is, because he's seen the backlash of him being him on his friends and family or whatnot. And then, but you see this like little glint in Luthen's eyes where he's actually, because I think what they were trying to show is that, at least I hope that's what they were trying to show, is that all of his, like, here's what just happened in this place is like the spark, right? Like, here is what I've been setting up the oppression and doing all these things to create this nasty tension for all of it to explode. And this is the guy that I was here to kill him. And this is the guy that triggered it all. And now, I mean, for someone like Sagarera, and now he's going to be even more paranoid because this guy he was going to kill him, and now he's going to leave him alive, and probably become his right hand man. You know what I mean? So it's like it's a lot of mixed messages to poor Sagarera. Like, <laughs> yeah, poor guy. Like, it's easy in Rogue One to kind of be like, "Ah, oh, stop being paranoid," but yeah. this dude's getting drugged through the ringer. No shit. No shit. Yeah, I. <sighs> I don't know. Like, here's the weird part about it is the even the way that this series ended, this season ended, I'm still looking forward to season two. Um, I do have one more issue that I want to address later on. I don't want to address it in the moment, but but I am looking forward to season two, as odd as it might seem, the way that at least talking about this episode, I just feel like they did a great to good job throughout most of this season. And then in a lot of ways or in majority of ways, like they really kind of failed. I don't want to say failed, but they came out with a mediocre, you know, season finale to what should have been probably the, and I've heard, I mean, I won't lie. Like I got friends that are huge star Wars fans with me that are talking about, this is the best show that star Wars shows ever show were ever made. And I'm like, ah, I think it has the potential to be depending on season two, but if we're comparing season ones, Mandalorian's better. Season one of the Mandalorian is better, in my opinion. Now, season, the whole show of the Mandalorian, yet to be seen. Season two was good, but it left some things to be desired as well. It wasn't as good as season one by any means. Um, I don't know what season three is going to look like. Book of Boba Fett, we know how I felt about that one. <laughs> Poo-poo. Um, for the most part, but this show had it was good but it had a potential to be astronomical and i just feel like they tried too hard in certain places and then they really got it in others i think it's almost like they had a a 12 episode quota that they had to hit kind of feels that way doesn't it like we need this show to be long yeah we need to launch a you know everybody was saying obi-wan should have been longer than the six episodes that it was and the mandalorian show i think was right it was eight or it was pretty sure. i think it was eight i think they eight both episodes eight if i remember right. i'd have to look it up to be sure so they come out with this big kind of long show everybody's really stoked about it um and then because it's such a long show with such little content that they're uh covering you have to stretch it out and you have these big lulls and it kind of just fell off the wagon from you partway through the season yeah. where six episodes would have been phenomenal 
Um, and then you move on to season two or you move on to a new show. Um, eight episodes, I think they could have even done a lot with eight episodes. Mm-hmm. But I think they were trying to fill too much. And so you have these characters that are never really developed or just kind of end on a note like what happened to the kids manifesto? <laughs> I we never yeah. got closure on the manifesto. Yeah, we just got some like voiceover shit at the beginning. Yeah. And so it's just kind of like they uh, develop these characters or move them then they end in stubs and it's just yeah, to, just to fill time in this, you know, quota that they needed to hit yeah. instead of just telling the story that they wanted to tell the show writers wanted to tell. Hey, you're not wrong. Yeah, The Mandalorian's been 8 episodes a season and I think maybe that's that's why I went back to this show should have been 8 episodes. Um, because I think, I think Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan was okay in six. I was okay with the six for Obi-Wan, but a lot of the Disney shows have been six and it's too little. I think, I think they forced content in places, but then it's weird because eight seems to be their sweet spot when they have a sweet spot. They haven't had too many sweet spots, but like. The longer, like this one, it was just too much, I think, for them. I think they stretched it out too far, like you said. But then, like, I think some of them have been six episodes, and it's not enough. But I, I don't know. And I it's get almost like they don't leave out, themselves any room. Like, yeah. this is going to be a six-episode show. Here we go. Or this is going to yeah. be a 12-episode show, and they're not saying, okay, you know what? This 12-episode show should really be eight, or this six should be nine. Yeah. I agree. I'm not willing to maneuver. It's this is what it's going to be and figure it out. I wonder if there is like the the producers come and say, you got six episodes or you got 12 episodes. You need to fill them. And these writers have to then write for a 12 episode or six episode, as opposed to, to me, and I don't know shit about it, but to me, it would make more sense to just say, okay, we want an episode about, we want a show about Andor, Cassie and Andor. What's episode one? What's yeah. episode two? What's episode three? Do we how need anything else? Yeah. How many episodes do you need to tell this story? Like, write it out. Give me an outline. Give me some storyboards. And I, I, I mean, I, I would assume that they would do that because I, I mean, I know that that's how the movie industry works. Like, right. Like, so you you submit a script and then you storyboard it and you you go back and forth and you update, and make edits and, and changes and things like that. And then you start filming and it adapts even more, but you're right. It almost feels like they have all these certain aspects of things set in concrete and they're like, you have to fit this mold. And then they force things into certain areas. And then they, yeah, that's an interesting, I wonder. The only thing I can think of is because you have Marvel and star Wars that mm-hmm. they don't want to overlap or have yeah. too much overlap. Cause it's like she Hulk ended and or started the next week or before she hulk started obi-wan ended the week before mm-hmm. and same thing with miss marvel to where That's they're fair. they're just playing out their year okay this is the six weeks that miss marvel's gonna release one episode per week or whatever it is yeah hey you're probably right probably right i don't know i still think speaking of the best star wars shows i, I still think the best tv shows have been animated like I, <laughs> it just the clone wars was so good Rebels was amazing. Rebels was outrageously good, even direct, you know, directed at kids. But I'll tell you this, and we've talked about it a couple of times in the tales from the of the Jedi. Oh, phenomenal shit! It was good. Like, damn, you had yeah. the coolest, the coolest freaking uh, Inquisitor too. Even though he was only on the screen for like three seconds, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was good. 
Great show. Anyway, well, I'd say that's enough for Andor. Um, I, you know, I'll say my final thoughts on it is it was a good show. It had some really big highs. It had some kind of low lows. It wasn't a perfect show. It was entertaining. And when it was great, it was great. But when it wasn't, it wasn't. Um, but we've seen much worse. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I'm still a little bit more in the harsher camp of Disney needs to put out better content. Sure. And that's just because I like Disney. I work for the company. And right now it feels like they are half-assing everything they're putting out. When they have the resources, they have the ability, they have the talent, they should be putting out incredible content left, right, and center. They have everything that they need, and they're just not doing it, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but the parts of Andor that I really liked were phenomenal. And it had its moments where I was like, dude, this is the best show I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were few and far in between. It was about every third episode we got that, you know, oh, wow moment. That was awesome. Hmm. I could have done without the two episodes leading up there mm-hmm. type of a thing. So I enjoyed it. Um, but it's one of those scenes where it just kind of put me off a little bit more to the next thing that Disney's going to put out Yeah. instead of making me waiting for it or excited for it. It's like, oh, well, you know, Andor was, Andor was good. She Hulk was terrible. Um, <laughs> if, we, you know, this is the direction that we're going, what's the next thing going to be? And is it going to be even worth our time? Yeah. You know what's funny is I just got done saying that the Star Wars animated was the best. So was the I think that what if the Marvel phenomenal up there too? Like it's like okay, Disney, you should go back to just making animated shit. Clearly, that's that's your bread and butter. That's where you belong. (laughs) And I mean, tried the live action thing with Star Wars with with with. The uh, Clone Wars, it's tough because Clone Wars was technically Netflix. It wasn't Disney until the last season. And even that was, he already knew where he was going with that. But like you said, Rebels, amazing show. Um, anyway. Bad Batch is good too. I don't know. If oh, yeah. Bad Batch, Bad Batch is really good. I need Bad to watch the second half of season two, but um, the Bad Batch is really good. Really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They should stick to animated stuff. You Seriously. can do more when you're just drawing it. Yep, 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 yep. Well, that and the guy that the freaking producer and my mind is just blank. But Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni is the man. That guy knows Star Wars. He they yeah, shouldn't yeah. make anything Star Wars anymore without him being involved. It, they heavily, just shouldn't. Yeah, heavily involved. They just shouldn't. Um, anyway, all right. Well. That is our coverage of Andor. We are done with that show. Um, hang with us. We're going to I'm gonna let uh, Alec give us a little once-over about where you can find us, but stick with us after that. We're going to do a quick uh, cut in between for editing purposes later on when I do these videos as singulars for YouTube um, and then for the episodes when I, when I download the audio for the podcast as well. Um, but we're going to be talking live here in a few minutes about the peripheral uh the newest episode uh, before we do that though alec tell everybody where they can find us happy to jj thank you for tuning in to the season finale of andor did this show measure up to your lofty expectations or nah let us know <laughs> in the comments below and let us know what tv show we should renew review next
We enjoy any and all suggestions. If suggestions are not your cup of tea, skip the suggestion box and just add something to our list by signing up with us on Patreon. Special thanks to our current patrons, Soundless Kluge Splooge. You, sir, are a saint, and we love you. Be sure to check us out wherever fine podcasts can be found, as every Monday for ad. Oh, no. We lost Alec. Um, Yeah, so I'll sit here looking like a little weirdo talking to you guys while we wait for Alex to come back. Um, let me shoot him another quick in. Oh, there he is. Hold on. Was I that bad that you kicked me out, Jake? I apparently the internet hated you in that moment. <laughs> oh shoot! Check us out Monday mornings. We'll release freaking movies before JJ kicks me off the podcast again. <laughs> and we love you all. Back to you, JJ. It's it's funny. It wasn't me. I had a panic attack when you left. I was like, uh oh. I got to carry this shit by myself. I was like, oh, God. Um, that's funny. Thanks, Alec. And uh, thanks, the soundless Kluge Splooge. What a great name. Gosh. Sounds so terrible. Um, there's a great video on our uh, Patreon, though, that that name came from. So if you want to watch it, sign up. Um, yeah, there it is. With that, we appreciate you tuning in, as always. We'll catch you on the next one. Whoa! Cinematic out.